helping you live well, stay well, while keeping pace with today's rapidly changing healthcare environment. That's Summit Medical Group. And now it's time for SMG Radio. Here's Melanie Cole. Does your child wake up complaining of an upset stomach or a headache and ask to stay home from school? But once school starts, do they stop complaining and act normally? Or is there more going on? There might be many reasons. My guest today is Kristen Cole. She's a licensed clinical social worker at Summit Medical Group. Welcome to the show, Kristen. School refusal. I mean, all kids at some point say, Mom, I don't want to go to school today. Maybe it's raining out. Maybe they say they have an upset stomach. But when it becomes more common, and they're doing it more often. What is that? How, how do, is a parent supposed to take that kind of refusal? Well, um, I mean, I think the first thing is the real um, difference with school refusal is that it's prolonged. So it's, it's emotionally based school avoidance. Yes. So it lasts, it's repetitive, and it's initiated by the kid, and it's really due to severe emotional distress. Um, which could be coming from all types of things. I mean, it, it could be rooted in a um, an anxiety disorder, like generalized anxiety disorder or separation anxiety. Those are sort of the most common. It also could be related to something that went wrong at school, like bullying, or um, maybe there's a presentation coming up that they're very anxious about, which could be, but isn't necessarily, social anxiety. So I think that the issue for parents is to notice, you know, if it's prolonged. It's one thing for a kid to skip a day of school, when they start skipping school um, more than that, like more than a week, for example, and, it's, and, and they're really expressing a great deal of emotional distress, that's when you really want to come in and get some help. I think every parent's biggest question is, do you let them? Even if they feel like they're experiencing anxiety and stress, do you let them stay out of school? Or when does a parent intervene and call the school? Well, I mean, that's a great question, Melanie. And I would say you err on the side of sending them to school. One of the biggest issues with anxiety is accommodating the anxiety. Um, So unfortunately, sometimes even though we're trying to maybe protect our kid, what we end up doing when we accommodate the anxieties, we basically are saying, yeah, it is kind of scary and you can't handle it. So we really want to err on sending them to school. That said, I think the most important thing first is to really have a conversation with your kid. Acknowledge their experience. You know, I mean, it's very important to say, I can see that you're really upset. I can see that you're really scared. I can tell that you don't want to go to school can you tell me what's going on and what, what your brain is telling you, basically? What, 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 why do you not want to go to school? I mean, if it's something, you know, if they, if they are perceiving danger from another kid, obviously you want to go and intervene with the school staff and figure out what the problem is. But if it's anxiety, then I really think you want to get them help for, for those fears. Some kids say, oh, this teacher is mean, or I don't like this class, or it's too hard. When it's that kind of situation, we've all come across mean teachers, and we've all come across wonderful teachers that we loved and couldn't wait to see again. But when it is something like that, does a parent intervene? You know, again, I would I would say it sort of depends. I mean, I think the first line, if they say their teacher is mean, I think you have to say, yeah, that, that's too bad. Um, I had a mean teacher once, too. Ick, I'm sorry you have to deal with that. Maybe find out exactly how mean they are, obviously. But then I think it's about sending them to school. The law says you have to go to school and being firm and and committed to that. I think one of the things, again, that parents sometimes do is they start asking too many questions and worrying 
too much that their kid can't really handle it, and then they keep them home, and then you have a whole problem that, that grows ever more serious. The longer they're out of school, the worse the problem usually becomes. So are there some exams or tests to diagnose or access school refusal? Do you, as a counselor, are you able to assess the situation in some kind of means? Yeah. I mean, if people bring their kids in for um, an intake with our group, you know, we do a whole battery of um, assessments on paper, and then we do, obviously, a lot of questioning of the child and of the parent. Um, And, you know, what we're looking for, I mean, there's sort of the common anxiety disorders that lead to school refusal. Uh, I mentioned earlier, separation anxiety is one. Um, Generalized anxiety disorder is another. Sometimes kids have phobias related to schools that are brought on by some sort of um, experience with alarms, fire alarms, or some, something that they're associating with the building. Um, so obviously it makes a difference, right? We really want to know kind of what's at the root of their fear so we can help them overcome it. I mean, the, the, the basic treatment approach, the heart of our approach really is to disconfirm the fear. We want to get them educated about fears and give them some ways to fight back the fear from the child's perspective and from the parent's perspective, we want them, the parent to know that they need to get their kid back to school as soon as possible. And the other really important thing is not to make home um, attractive, right? So if you stay home from school, you know, you can't, you, you, you don't want to let them be having fun while they're home from school. That's right, absolutely can, a very good point. You don't want it to be a, a more fun place than going to school. What about outside activities? Because sometimes kids who previously were athletic or that sort of thing, then all of a sudden decide they don't want to do any of those things anymore. Is that along the same lines? Yeah. I mean, I think that when, I mean, it's an, it's an interesting question. I mean, I, I'm i thinking about my cases of school refusal. I don't know that they were doing, um, I think that they sort of just, once they stayed home, they stayed home. They weren't, they weren't staying home from school and then going to soccer practice. Um, so, you know, I don't think parents would fall for that exactly. Um, you know, if you're going to stay home from school because you're sick, you know, you're not going to then go to soccer practice. Well, sure, that that's the old age added. You know, if you stayed home, you can't go out and play or whatever it is. But so then what is a parent to do? When does it become something that they bring their child in for that assessment? I would say... Um, you know, again, the, the, the question is how prolonged it is, right? So one or two days out of school, I don't think that's such a big deal. I do think it, you know, it's worth noticing if, the, if there's a lot of emotional distress and fear associated with going to school in the morning. Um, once it becomes more than a week, I think it's time to, to come in and, and get help. And, and cognitive behavioral therapy is one of the more effective approaches for helping kids with school anxiety. So that was going to be my next question. What do you do for them after you've assessed them and tried to figure out what the reason is? How do you get them to not be afraid and go back to school? Well, the first thing we want to do is really teach them about fears and worries um, so that they can sort of better understand what they're up against, right? You can't really manage things if you don't even know that they're going on. So the first thing we do is really teach them about our um, therapy, um, and then we teach them about anxiety. And we basically are trying to help them get better by realizing that the scary thing isn't that bad and that they can handle it. It's not easy because their anxiety is usually pretty acute for them to be staying home from school um, in a consistent way. 
But we try to get them to understand that the anxiety is tricking them into exaggerating the danger associated with school and underestimating their ability to handle it. Um, So there's a lot of thinking uh, interventions that we do in terms of helping them understand that their thoughts lead to feelings. Um, And then the big, you know, the big piece of it is behavior. Um, And we got to get them back into the building as quickly as possible. And sometimes that we have to do that in a stepwise manner, you know, in a gradual way. You know, maybe first we'll go to the building and you can be in the counselor's office. And then the next day you'll go to the building and you'll go to some of your classes, your favorite classes maybe. And then the next day you'll stay for the whole day. Um, but it's really important to be firm um, from the parent's perspective, to be firm and to keep pushing the reinforcing um, the behaviors. Could this signal a future phobia? It is unfortunately related to future um, future mental health challenges, but not always. Um, you know, it's it's you know, there's it's really hard to say. It depends, but it definitely you know there is research that shows that it's related to future mental health challenges. And in your opinion, Kristen, and what you've seen doing what you do, how do the schools react to this? And have they been generally helpful? And do they help ease the student back in? Yeah, I would say so. Um, I've had very good experiences working with schools from the principals and um, teachers to the guidance staff and child study team and nurses. Um, Nurses are pretty good about noticing the frequent flyers and and the kids who are kind of excusing themselves from classes with, uh, with, with stomach aches and headaches on a regular basis. Um, and they'll often reach out to the parents and say, you know, I think that there might be something going on here with anxiety. This isn't, you know, probably a medical issue, or maybe it is, and you want to get that checked out. Um, but in terms of working with the school, I'd say, yes, I, I, I feel like the, the schools are kind of pretty well acquainted with this problem, and they are willing to collaborate and um, they'll come out and meet you at your car. So if the mom is having a hard time um, getting the kid out of the, out of the car, the, the, the guidance counselor will come out and help. Um, they're willing to have the students. I mean, they're basically, like, their goal also is to get the kid back to school as soon as possible. So they're willing to do lots of things to make that possible. Then wrap it up for us, Kristen. It's such great information for parents. And tell parents what you tell them every day about this type of topic, what you can do to help them, and why they should come to Summit Medical Group for their care. Well, I think the first thing, um, my first tip for parents would be to have a positive attitude and, and believe that your child is going to get over this problem and let them know that you believe that they can handle it. Um, I think the second thing I said earlier is, you know, I really... I think it's very important to start out with acknowledging their their distress. Sometimes we as parents kind of want to, in our, in our zeal to fix it and make it better, we sometimes immediately say, no, 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 you know, you shouldn't feel that way. I think it's really important to say, I'm sorry you're feeling that way. That sounds scary. Um, I think another important point is that we're not really trying to eliminate anxiety. We're trying to help kids manage their anxiety. Um, it's really all about small steps. Uh, and avoiding avoidance, basically, because avoidance may make things better in the short run, but it only reinforces anxiety in the long run. Um, so I think, you know, and I guess finally I would say to parents, you really want to have um, simple, clear expectations, rewards, and consequences, and not keep asking, you know, leading questions like, are you, are you scared? Are you worried? Do you think you can go to school? Rather, I think it should be, you know, I know that you're scared. It's okay. I'm going to help you through it. Um, 
Treatment, I think, as I said, is really a, um, indicated for sure when it's prolonged. You know, in my view, that's, you know, more than, more than three or four days. And, um, and then finally, I would, I would say that, you know, from the parent's perspective, again, you really don't want your kid to be allowed to do anything during the school day that they wouldn't be allowed to do at school um, because sometimes that will reinforce their staying home. That is just absolutely great advice, Kristen. Thank you so much. You're listening to SMG Radio, and for more information, you can go to summitmedicalgroup.com. That's summitmedicalgroup.com. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.